0: I want to win again, for sure, but like my next goal is that Now that's uh, emphasis on that raises, and I need to try and get that done.
1: When I first took over the team at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, it weren't especially rosy, but we managed to win a, a race
0: with Chas Mostert that year in, in July, and I thought, gee, this cape is bloody easy. Hey, I'm David Reynolds from Penright Racing, and this is Inside Supercars.
2: Welcome to Inside Supercars, Craig Revelle and Tony Whitlock. Happy New Year to you, and we hope you had a great Christmas. As we get ready for some exciting changes on Inside Supercars in 2020, we talk with Chris Waters, father of CAM, who this season certainly demonstrated a new level of leadership and speed. for Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. there actually needs to be Inside a structure... Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm Jack LeBrock from Truck Assist Techno Racing, welcome to Inside Supercars.
2: Welcome to Inside Supercars, I'm here at the Australian Grand Prix with Chris Waters, father of Cam, wife of, uh, wife is uh, (laughs) Nareen. Nareen. Just wanted to talk about his background because Cam's introduction to motorsport was not a usual one, a usual one if you live in the big country though probably. So welcome on board, Chris. Hi, Tone. Um, Tell us about where you started
1: in motorsport. I started back in the late 70s in Speedway in Mildura, our home track. First race car was a 105E Anglia. Oh! Yeah, that was (laughs) way back. Progressed, basically all my career was with with Fords. I did have a Tarana for one year and then built the first EA Falcon that raced on Speedway in Australia. Um, Just progressed through there.
2: Okay, and so how many years did you
1: race for? Uh, right through to about 2003, I think I, I 2002 retired, sold everything and sort of put the effort into taking camera around the country. And now
2: you, you've got two children, is
1: it great? Yeah, I've got eldest son, Jared, he's uh, 35. He's uh, went off and did work for Qantas for five years, aircraft maintenance engineer, and now he's back in our business. Okay
2: now so you raced nationally yes and that's always in the speedway in saloons yes yeah, sedans production modified, ones modified sedans, yeah. modified sedans. All yeah. right. now um so Cameron got introduced to go-karts I imagine yeah and that was up in Mildura
1: yeah yeah friends uh, who helped Kelly's Todd and Rick through their careers Ross Gathercole he sort of helped us through help camp through his early development years in karts from seven when he could start we travelled the country near and far, every second weekend. Uh, my eldest son, Jared, would take him one weekend away and I'd take him the other.
2: Yeah.
1: So it was a bit of a family thing. The kilometers out of Mildura was huge, of course.
2: Yeah.
1: Every time we left home, we'd do at least a 1,000 kilometers.
2: Right. So, so you are doing large kilometers uh, around Australia than go-karting? Oh,
1: huge amounts, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: He obviously showed early on a skill. Yeah, it's um,
1: we were helped a bit too with karting with Remo Luziani who was the importer for the chassis, the Cosmics and stuff, so Remo had helped us a bit, but yeah, Cam showed promise early and won a few championships early days, um, straight up, and so we just progressed.
2: He's gone through almost the standard sort of uh, half the motor racing into Formula Ford and with Sonic and, and won championships. We
1: in between there we had six or eight months in Formula V, which we oh. we did ourselves. Then we bought a Formula Ford. We we run it ourselves. We were probably one of Mike, Michael Ritter said one of the last in those days father to, son, father son yeah. brother to run a Formula Ford. Then Michael was giving us a hand on the side. Then the following year he um, we stepped up and Michael took him on and he won the championship.
2: Yeah. Yes, I mean uh, Cam's uh, one of a uh, uh, wonderful alumni of uh, drivers who he now sits around amongst you know the the Will Davisons and Jamie Winkups and Moss that you know just David on Reynolds a whole yeah 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 who's yeah, yeah. yeah. who which, yeah. Anton as well yep. yeah yeah so um, it's a fantastic to see um, Cam coming of age I mean I was there that time when he was in the. Uh, Winner Star, whatever that show was called when he drove to Bathurst. Yeah, with Kelly's. I can so vividly remember that moment when a bloke turned up at the back of the pits with a video of this young driver spinning a car. Across the top, yeah. And the team was actually wondering why he disappeared for a few extra seconds. They couldn't account for it because they hadn't been caught. It subsequently was found by Channel 7 or 10, um, that footage. But... uh, it was amazing because I think Murph that same year actually back ended his car into the wall, but Cam actually just snuck it into gear yeah, yes, and, and took off again. Key
1: go. Didn't even lift off. It was yeah. quite amazing. Yeah. He's not. He's not altogether proud of that moment. No, but yeah. well,
2: I, I think he should be. Yeah, it's, I think he should be because it did show a certain amount of "you're not going to rattle my cage" sort yeah. of thing.
1: He he was thrown in so much a deep in at that. Oh, and, uh, yeah. I would never ever recommend anyone doing that. No, that no, no, was. No. It wasn't done in the. But wasn't smart.
2: But the great thing was he came out the other side, and yeah. and he will hold the record that um, very few can, saying that you know your first win in a supercar was actually a biggie. Yes. <laughs> um, and you know that was wonderful to him get that five hundred. It was great for the team because they've been having a fairly lean uh, time of it. Um, I've seen. I mean, one of the most dramatic things I've seen is you know how drivers do they move up to the next comfort stage and it seems as though certainly Cam is comfortable now with the fact that he's got Shane Van Gisburg on his tail. Oh,
1: absolutely. I see so many similarities. It might sound funny, but with Jamie Wincup, Cam's demeanour is so much like Jamie. There's other drivers here, you know, just like David Reynolds, he's just off there (laughs) so differently. But Jamie's so intense and Cam's very intense like that. Yes. The um, seconds was basically a failure for him and he'll go and work harder in the gym. You can't even talk to him sometimes, but yes. and that's fine. But, uh.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's certainly super fit. And, I mean, uh, obviously um, it was a requirement that they had to stop in Adelaide on the Saturday race because of the failure of the cool suit. Um, but uh, as he says, and a number of people have said to me, that uh, he, could, he could have done it.
1: Oh, he would train so hard for that event, even with the heat. I mean, he'd been in uh, so, sauna uh, so many times, you know, leading up to that event. So he was absolutely prepared for anything. But so the, the, cool, the blower was still blowing on his head, so keeping his head and that part of him cool. He was comfortable. He, he was more concerned about his feet, Yes, you know that was more the issue but rules are rules and you you know that's something the team have to uh, address and not let that happen again.
2: Well we've already seen here this weekend at Albert Park that uh, he and the other members of the Tickford Racing have maintained the speed they had there at Adelaide um, getting more good results, more good point scores um, and uh, it bodes well for a very good year for Cam.
1: Yeah I mean the it's something that Cam said, you know, about the uh, addressing the uh, parity. You know, that that team has done so much hard work over the summer break and lifted themselves up from where they were last year, and, and a lot of that has contributed. And obviously, the the new shape is good, but a lot of it is just hard work, yeah. which that team have done. And, yeah, that's what Cam was a bit disappointed about.
2: That well, you know, I mean, uh, I think he should just take great uh, pride in the fact that he's getting those good results. I oh. mean, given the weapon he's got, yeah. he can go and do it. And what's forgotten is the fact that the previous model, of course, they had for ten years, and that uh, you don't go and build a yeah. new car to go slower.
1: No, you've got to evolve.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. How many events usually do you
1: doing year? We would try and do three quarters. Yeah. From Mildura, it's so expensive. Yeah. I mean, before we we get to a capital city to grab a, another flight, we've already spent five or six hundred bucks. Yes. And you know, it, you'd multiply that across, you know, twelve or fourteen times a year, it yeah. gets a bit out of control. But yeah, we would do three quarters of the events. We'll drive to quite a few of them. Yep. Uh, the easy ones we'll drive to. We've even I've driven to Townsville three or four times. Oh, wow. Yeah, just get in, fuel up, and away you go. It's just what you got to do. When you live in a country area like us, it's, it's not something that you put a big wall up. You've just got to get get around yeah, it and yeah, make things happen for ourselves.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just uh, what you want to do in a way of a lifestyle. and Yes. Um, look, I will tell you that um, ever since that time when your son was driving, I first met him back in Formula Four days, but that time I particularly remember that weekend in the, uh, what was the competition called, in that uh, driver competition that yeah, he won? Yeah, the Kellys. Um, I can't even remember what yeah, it's called. Yeah, Shannon's
1: Supercar Showdown. That's it, yeah.
2: yes. Um, at the end of uh, every session I'd go down the garage and, and see him and he was keen and you know, did you see that? Yes, and things like that. And he said, you come back the next session. Every time I did, yeah. and uh, he's a delightful lad, and as a father and myself, that you just take great pride in the fact that your son is doing something that, you know, doing it well. And yeah.
1: I think that's what every parent wants, aren't they? Yeah, and, and absolutely. Their children to be respected and do a good job and be good citizens.
2: Yeah. So well, certainly your son, Cam Waters, is doing all that. So. Thanks for your time on Inside Supercars
3: with Chris Waters. Thanks, Tony. Well, a face we're going to see a lot more of in 2020 is Jeremy Moore. JJ, welcome back to Australia.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's great to be back. A little bit warmer over here than where I came from, so yeah, good to get out the uh, the shorts and, and flip flop. So yeah, glad to be here. What
3: about uh, the experience? Five years away, working with Porsche, titles, championships. You were you were you know. I think Tony Whitlock, my colleague, called you the Laurel Man.
0: Oh yeah, well, it's a. Uh, it was a fantastic experience, I mean, uh, yeah, world, uh, sort of a life-changing experience for sure, not only for me, but for my family. Uh, to be in Central Europe and, and seeing all the culture over there was fantastic, but yeah, in terms of being with Porsche, LMP1, it was, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be another time in, in motor racing in the future where with such a pinnacle of motorsport with such freedom in uh, technology and, and all the resources you have there was quite amazing and then I mean, after that going to the RSR project, developing the, the new RSR which is just starting to race now and so far so good, two double victories so uh, that was also also quite uh, quite fun and just working with the guys over there different uh, people from different backgrounds all over the world, you pick up so much and to bring it back here now and, and hopefully uh, to make a step with uh, the 888 I'm, I'm really looking forward to it next year.
3: What was the biggest difference you found, obviously language and all these barriers, but about the operation of a race team, what was the biggest difference you saw between what we're doing here and what they do there?
0: Well, over there, you know, especially in Porsches, have uh, almost unlimited resources. You have, you're working for an OEM who have wind tunnels, their own test track, uh, all the development in the world. That, you know, you got it's really just up to your imagination to to dig into certain aspects of the car. Whereas, of course, in in in, in V8 supercars, it's it's limited by a lot uh, budgets constraint. So you're really just trying to. Um, make the the best of every everything you have, but you're not really digging into small, very de- small details. Or, of course, it's very tightly controlled here. So over there, you can look at uh, all these uh, exotic materials or you know technology. So I mean, it's both both have their merits. I enjoy really much of the sport over here, but in, in terms of technology, it's it's quite uh, amazing what what's happening on over there.
3: Is there a room back in the Stuttgart there that has a whole bunch of parts? that were put on the car once that you designed and didn't go back out there?
0: Uh, no, no, it's all pretty pretty tightly locked down, that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, I mean it was a, a great experience. Um, yeah, I had a little apartment over there so I couldn't fit much over there now. But So um, yeah, it was uh, a lot of cool things over there. I mean, it's an engineer's dream, so it's uh, a fantastic experience and great to have that under the belt and uh, and come back to, to Australia.
3: We have a multicultural pit lane here in supercars and even in the uh, support categories, there's a lot of people from all parts of the world. What was that gelling like over there where there's all parts of the world right on their doorstep?
0: Yeah, exactly, and you have a lot more, well, certainly the percentage of of foreigners to, to Germans, for example, was, was a bit higher because of course they're so close, it's only two hours to France or three hours to Switzerland, etc. So so um, yeah, it's, it's, motorsport is still one little, little uh, small little uh, world, so um, guys that have been over there, I catch up with, um, they actually have been working in, in supercars before. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing, you go across the other side of the world and you see the same faces. So it's, it's still, uh, yeah, supercars is no different. You have everyone coming down here because it's such great racing. Um, I mean as an engineer it's a, it's a great proving ground and, and, and school because you have to be uh, sort of on top of every aspect of the car. In, in, in Europe it's quite uh, specific, everyone's very detailed or, or uh, yeah, sort of a specialist in, all small, in little details or, or departments whereas in, in Australia of course you just really have to be a bit of a jack of all trades which also you know it's, it's, a, it's a great asset as well.
3: So many championships, so many trophies and victories but is there something away from that part of the business and the, the victories that you are particularly hold tre- you treasure and hold special.
0: Uh, yes, of course. It's a it's a it's a team sport. It's not just about you know the end result. It's about working together, especially not only the victories but also the 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 times when you're having a bad weekend or a tough time. You, you know you're behind the eight ball. You, you've had a few losses and you're really getting getting beaten. It's about then uh, how you respond, how the team digs digs deep, turns around and, and gets back to the top. That's that's probably more. Um, I cherish that more than just you know getting the trophy at the end of the day. That's the end result of all the hard work, and it's, it's the hard work and the teamwork which gets you there, which is, yeah, so valuable.
3: And the array of drivers you worked with over that time, that must be uh, an incredible skill set to have to be able to adapt. Like, it's three just in one car for yeah. Le Mans, but over the course of the year, I could imagine there's 10 to 15 drivers that you actually had to, you know, try and work out what they're saying.
0: Exactly, so yeah, as you said in in LMP we had three drivers per car. Uh, in 2015 we had three cars, so that's nine drivers. And then of course through that period of time you have a lot of guys coming in and, and trialling them and testing. It's quite almost unlimited testing over there. There's a limitation, but it's nowhere near supercars. So you do endurance tests where you run the car straight for 33 hours in a row, you never stop. So in that period of time you get so many drivers in, they all want to see where they need to improve or compare it against another guy, so it's just, yeah, it, not, not one driver is the same they always need a little bit different car here and there and a different technique and just finding out how to make the most of each driver and put together put them together and improve their performance is it's a, a good a good challenge
3: and a little bit to driver a and a little bit to driver B yeah can be
0: a world of difference to the engineer. Exactly, exactly, so yeah, it's it, a lot of the times you're just trying to optimise the driver's performance instead of changing the car because a lot of it's in making sure they're both to, as good as they can be and also almost adapting their technique to make the car perform how they want it. If they're sort of aligned in terms of their technique then the car's working best for both of them, and then you can adapt the car to improve it. So it's, it's a bit of a, of course, it's an all coupled circle. The, the driver and the car have to work together in unison. That's why we, motor racing is so, so much a, a, a good sport. It's uh, not just about a car going around. There's an organic component in there which has to perform his best and be able to drive the car at the limit. So it's, uh, yeah, i really enjoyed it over there.
3: Well, I know a lot of the guys used to love going up and hearing the stories of Steve Hallam at Debriefs. I would say a few of them are going to love hearing your stories as you get to roll them out over the
0: years. Yeah, exactly. And just uh, some of the technology over there is just uh, it's just amazing. So, you know, of course you don't remember everything, and and, and um uh, oh, of course off the off the cuff. And as soon as they ask something, and you, oh I remember something like this, we did this and that. And then you know you've got that's a, that's the great thing of the experience that I had. I've, I've had a lots of um a lot of track time, a lot of testing, a lot of uh, technology uh, that I could see. So it's sort of all this stuff that uh, you can't buy. It's just a life experience that I've had, and I I've, I've really uh, cherish it.
3: Well, it's great to catch up with you, and we look forward to uh, seeing you up and down pit lane, getting your hands dirty again. Yeah, thank you very much. Looking forward to it.
2: Next week on Inside Supercars, we hear from Glenn Holdsworth, father of Lee, who in 2019 has rebuilt his career with his move to Tickford Racing. I hope you can join us then. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.